Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am an elder at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And we often speak of choices, of making choices. And the event in the Garden of Eden is a classic example of what choice means. In this episode, we're going to address three choices that Adam and Eve had to make in the garden. And they are the same three choices that you and I have to make every day. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It tells us, And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's move on down to verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you shall surely die. I believe it's important that we read Genesis 3 verses 1 through 6 because of where it fits into the discussion of this episode. That passage says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely shall not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. She gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Choice number one. Whether Adam and Eve actually knew they were making such a choice or not, They were making the choice of what will be the center of my life. That was one of the questions that the tree of life in the middle of the garden posed from Adam and Eve. What would be the center of their lives? Would it be God or self? We understand that God is spirit. John 4.24 tells us that. But he is also the creator who made the physical world and all things in it. When he created man in his own image, He created a being who is not only physical, but also a moral and spiritual being who can and must make choices about his life. Free will is a marvelous blessing, but it also comes with sobering responsibilities which involve consequences for making wrong decisions. Whether we realize it or not, behind the lives we lead and the things we do, the basic issue is always the same. Who will rule over me, the Creator or myself? 
Behind that question is always our pride, and the serpent Satan knew that a blow to a person's pride is the quickest way to gain a hold on his heart and to stir up rebellion against God. We know what Proverbs 16 and verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the stumbling. It may very well be that 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, in the midst of the qualifications for a man who would be an elder, it is implied that pride was the fundamental sin of Satan. It tells us, and not a new convert, lest he become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. When the serpent said that the first couple would be wise like God, knowing good and evil, he knew that this would be an issue. While the temptation may not always be phrased in just those words, the idea behind it is always present. Who does not want to be his own God, forever freed from commands and prohibitions, at liberty to do whatever we want and answerable to no one? The problem is that approach doesn't work out very well. The more man desires to be his own God and live free from the restraints of the true God, the more he becomes like the devil. Man left to his own devices soon becomes a slave to the destructive bondage of sin. Look at what happened with the descendants of Cain pretty quickly. Looking at Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 through 6 we see, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Down in verses 11 through 13 we read, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. How did the choice they made, refusing to have God at the center of their lives, work out? There was another question that Adam and Eve had to answer, another choice that we all have to make. It was, and it is, will I trust God? The forbidden tree posed a test of that relationship. The knowledge of good and evil may mean something like the ability to know everything, the kind of knowledge that God alone has. Man simply cannot have such knowledge, but even if we could, we would not be able to handle it. The prohibitive tree represents a test of man's relationship with God, and that relationship involves trust. Will man trust God, believe that he is good and loving and wants only what is best for him? Or will he choose not to, viewing him as God trying to cheat a man out of a wonderful experience, as the serpent suggested was the case in the Garden of Eden? This, this issue of trusting God has always been fundamental to man's relationship with him. It is especially evident in two biblical events. Think about Noah. He decided to trust in God's warning that a flood was coming that would destroy all flesh. In order to do so, he had to go against the common wisdom and knowledge of his day, indeed of his whole society. Nothing indicated that the flood was going to come to pass except that God said so. We have the same choice. Jesus used that to tell us that judgment is coming and that it is simply going to happen. In Matthew 24, verses 36 through 39, we read, But of that day and hour no one knows, 
not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man would be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, do we trust the Lord and what he says as being true? Think of Moses. He chose to trust God. He had to go against everything he knew to be true from a human standpoint in order to return to Egypt and deliver the Hebrew people from bondage. He was a fugitive from justice. Egypt was the most powerful nation on earth, and Pharaoh would never yield to the demands of a man who had been tending sheep in the wilderness for 40 years. What guarantee could he present to the Hebrew people that God could really deliver them from bondage? Every step in the process of deliverance involved trusting. Trusting God to save the Israelites from the plagues that fell upon the Egyptians, to save them from the wrath of Pharaoh's army and the power of the sea that would ultimately engulf their pursuers. In the wilderness, Moses and the people had to trust God to provide water, manna, and quail so that they would not perish. They had to trust him to grant them victory over the Amalekites who ambushed them on the way to Mount Sinai. Over and over the Lord demonstrated his nature as Israel's loving God who had only their best interests at heart. But time and time again they murmured against him, maintaining that he had brought them out of Egypt only to let them die in the wilderness. Finally, when they camped on the border of the promised land and refused to enter it because they did not trust that God would give them the victory, look at what the Lord said to Moses in Numbers 14 verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? The word translated believed has a connotation of trust. They believed in God intellectually, and they knew that he had done great miracles, but they still did not trust him. They were not willing to commit their lives and their future into his keeping. This was part of the issue that confronted Adam and Eve. They knew that God was their creator and that they owed their lives, their beautiful environment, their home, and all their provisions to him. But they still wanted to make their own decisions and did not trust God to have only their best interest in mind and to know what was best for them. And that leads us to the third major question they faced, and so do we. The third major question that all must answer. Will I obey God's commands? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil posed the test of a command. There it was a negative one, something prohibited. They were told not to do a certain thing, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The significance of the test did not lie in the forbidden action, since eating the fruit of this tree would not have been immoral or intrinsically evil. Verse 6 of Genesis 3 tells us that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. That being the case, Eve ate it and gave some to Adam to enjoy. The fruit was not poisonous or rotten. It was desirable and delicious. The point of the prohibition was that God had given it. He alone has the right to decide what is right and what is wrong for man to do or to consume. 
God's commands are not governed by laws of right or wrong outside of or beyond himself. A thing is right if God commands man to do it or authorizes him to do it, and wrong if he does not. He has established no other ultimate criterion. God gave man one command in the garden. When the first couple decided that it was arbitrary and disobeyed it, the result was disastrous. It led to lying, rationalization, and shifting the blame from one to another to the serpent and then all the way back to God. All sin, whether in violation of a seemingly arbitrary command or against ethical and moral commandments, involves a distortion of truth. Adam and Eve were not true to God, to themselves or to one another, as they made excuses for their behavior. The life of truth and integrity that Jesus lived is a confirmation of the way man must live, being meant to live within harmony and in human relationships. No home or society can exist for long unless it is grounded on truth between human beings. Let me explain that a bit. In Matthew 23, verse 23, Jesus spoke of the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These statements reflect the kind of people we were created to be. We were not created to be gods or even the center of attention. The primary command for our lives are to love God, putting him at the very center of our lives, and love our neighbors as ourselves, instead of spending most of our lives trying to please ourselves. This requires lives that first turn upward to God, and then outward to our fellow man. Whether we live that way or not is based upon the choices that we make choices so very important and we make them each and every day thanks for listening